Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here alongside a familiar voice today. We've had a fun week this week. We've been catching up with some different voices. I was with the Locked On Mavs crew. I was with our friend J.R. Radcliffe from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. But today, from the Bucks Radio Network, uh, from multiple Bucks platforms, also the host of Bucks Courtside Live. We'll see what they've got in store for this year. Uh, it is Justin Garcia. Justin, first time this week catching up. You've just been at the Brewers game. How's things? I was. Um, yeah, things are uh, things are going really well for the Brewers, and uh, now we uh, and we were talking about it before we started recording. We're in that spot now where um, it is. I don't know if I would say hard to believe, but the season's already almost here. That <laughs> it is now a month away from preseason, and we're probably three weeks away from training camp starting. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's going to be fun for baseball fans. It's going to be fun for basketball fans as anticipation starts to build as well. And I should say, look, there's been a directive. You know, people uh, at the at the network, the far more important than me, have said, "Listen, people don't necessarily know who you are, Kane. You just introduce the show. You expect that people know who you are. You got to introduce yourself a little bit more. So if you are new to the show or joining us for the first time, uh, I've been in Milwaukee for a couple of years, cover the team, write for ESPN, write for NBA Australia as well, so you can find my words out there. And then um, for the most part, I'm talking rubbish on this podcast, but we have some fun. Before we get into it today, we've got some roster moves that we need to talk about, some random roster news that came through today, and then we're going to have some fun talking about role players that you guys would like to see back on the team, that we would like to see back on the team. I sent out a tweet today. And people interacted with that, not surprisingly. It's a pretty fun topic, certainly for the off-season as well. But I remind you about Locked On NBA, and specifically on Wednesdays. It's small market meets big market. Wednesdays on the Locked On NBA podcast. Join Jake Madison of the Locked On Pelicans podcast and John Corrales of Locked On Celtics for a look at the NBA week from all angles. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast today on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Justin, one of the guys that we know well from our time in Milwaukee has been with the Bucks for a very, very long time. Been on this podcast before as well. Uh, Nick Munro, who really is the brains behind all the, the, the content, the digital content, the social stuff. I know you work closely with him with Courtside Live, but he's going to be on the podcast tomorrow. So I, I might be a little bit biased when I say this, but as far as team social coverage goes, I thought the, the Bucks were outstanding. This postseason covering the championship run, the mini movie. They call it a mini movie. It went for over an hour. When does it not become a mini movie? I don't think it was a mini movie, but it was bloody awesome. It's still on the YouTube channel now. So Nick's going to be here and we'll get uh, all the behind the scenes look at how you cover an NBA championship run, Justin, which is going to be pretty cool. Those guys, again, I might be biased, but they do a pretty damn good job. I am uh, definitely biased, but I think the Bucks social team and uh, just their digital team in general is the best 
in the league. And Nick, uh, you mentioned I work with him quite a bit. He was the first non-radio uh, teammate of mine with the Bucks that I really started to extensively work with. And um, he was the brainchild behind Courtside Live that he approached me about it geez, three and a half years ago and said, hey, I have this idea. And back then it was just showing the court and players warming up and me talking and it's as basic as it gets. But it was basically Nick that thought of that and uh, got it created and we saw what it evolved to last year. So if you enjoyed any of that, he was the man that was largely responsible for taking that journey. Well, you got me in the booth as well, so it gave me opportunities to you know, talk talk some more. Like I don't talk enough about the Bucks, so that was always fun, and I filled in uh, some good time before pre-games in the good old days when I was actually in Milwaukee and in the arena. So that's going to be a good one. Make sure you check that podcast tomorrow. As far as the news of the day today, I mentioned there were some roster moves, and uh, Tremont Waters looks like uh, he's going to be at least hanging around with the Bucks. Uh, through training camp this news came through in the am uh, australia time so i guess in the afternoon evening over there in milwaukee uh, he's going to according to shams sharania of the athletic he's going to compete for a roster spot in training camp uh, of course the bucks roster situation is a little bit open-ended at the moment justin there is a two-way spot there uh, now that they add tremont waters this means that there's 17 guys by my counts, uh, plus Mamu, who has that two-way, I believe. So there's going to have to be a couple of cuts. You know, Waters probably on the outside looking in. I actually had to do some research because obviously the name is a familiar one. Seen him in the league a little bit. Uh, but uh, I, I didn't realize he played 26 games for the Celtics this year. Actually started in three. Uh, the guy can score. He can obviously play the game, but he's only five foot ten, pretty small uh, my my initial reaction here is that it's probably unlikely that he makes the team uh, towards the uh, to the beginning the season tip off here, but who knows? I could be wrong. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's certainly an uphill battle. Um, I remember him collegiately, but just like you, I didn't realize. Uh, I knew he was with the Celtics in a two way capacity last year, but didn't yep. realize he uh, actually had some game time with them, but. Um, yeah, it's you know it. It feels like it's the same conversation we had somewhat last year, where there weren't necessarily guys that were vying for spots just because of the Bucks cap situation. But you knew everybody was pretty much locked into place into you know where they were. It feels like it's kind of the same thing now that you at least have more flexibility to bring in more guys, but there still isn't as many open opportunities. So it's 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 going to have to take a tremendous camp from Tremont Waters to really do anything other than turn some heads here. Yeah, he's only 23, so still pretty young. Uh, one one positive is, is that he does play for the Bucks. If he does play for the Bucks and puts up a big performance, then they will be able to change the name from Water Street to Water Street for potentially one night. People will love that. They'll be out of the bars. They'll be able to toast Tremont Waters if he comes. So that was the one thing that I did uh, think about there. The other interesting thing is just from a Celtics point of view, uh, he's only 5'10". I said, this guy's tiny by NBA circles. By, in NBA circles, I should say. Not that 5'10 is tiny for your everyday uh, human, but a uh, little for an NBA player. Pick 51 in the 2019 draft. So uh, maybe they were trying to strike uh, the next Isaiah Thomas, perhaps. Perhaps that's what they were looking for. The guy can really score. He hit a couple of game winners in the G League uh, last year or over the course of the last two seasons as well. So who knows what the Bucks are going to do with that two-way 
I would personally just find it a little surprising if they cut one of the guys that was around with the championship team for a player like this that at that size, it's, it's just... It's just unlikely that you're ever going to turn out to be a, a regular rotation player in, in the modern game. It's, it's tough when you're only 5'10". Yeah, you got to do something really, really well. And that, it's tough you know, to defend, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, and you know, and I mean, you, you joked about Isaiah Thomas, but I realize you know Isaiah Thomas would have killed to be five ten, but still, he was an elite scorer when he was healthy. And if if you're undersized, it's going to be an uphill battle seemingly always on the defensive end. So offensively, there's got to be something that you do really well. You got to be an elite shooter, or you just got to be that floor general. And, you know, I know it's a small sample size, but so far that's not what we've seen from Tremont Waters. And I think in training camp, it'll be interesting. Obviously, he'll be defending the guards. And for Tremont Waters, if he finds himself defending Drew Holiday, he might start to sweat a little bit, which is perfect because we've got the solution for Tremont Waters in that situation. And that's sweat block. Uh, with sweat block wipes, uh, you, you'll be able to really get rid of that embarrassing situation, the embarrassing sweat that you just you don't want there. You, know, you, you don't know what clothes to wear. You don't know what shirt you should be uh, putting on to go out for dinner. Maybe it's a date. Who knows? You might be a little bit nervous. But, yeah, I think you would be a bit anxious guarding Drew Holiday, particularly in the post there. But maybe if he gets sweat block, uh, it will be able to help him out there because it lasts for seven days. The dry shirt guarantee, uh, will, will, if, if sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you obviously get your money back. So that's going to be uh, a seller for him, perhaps. And uh, it's been featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by Firefighters. I mentioned this before. I've done some, some low-level firefighting in my time, Justin. And I can tell you that is a sweaty job. So sweat block, perhaps, is a way I would have been able to get through that. But if you're just an everyday bloke like me or you're true on waters and you've got a, a difficult assignment ahead of you, you can get sweat block today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon or CVS. But uh, I don't have to worry about defending Drew Holiday in the post. That's not something that I'm ever going to have to be worried about, but I am going to have to worry about streaming TV shows, which is where direct TV stream comes into calculations because does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports and highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. It's hard to manage. It's all these streaming services right now. It's very, very difficult, but I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV, Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies and shows all in the one place. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, let's get to the fun stuff now, Justin. This was the interesting news of the day. Jeff, our friend from over at Locked On Spurs, he's got the sources, he has the news, and he said that Johnny O'Brien, that's right, J-O-B, former Bucks role player, uh, I don't know whether I want to say a fan favorite, but there were certainly some J-O-B stands out there back in the day. Uh, he worked out with the Bucks, according to Jeff from Locked On Spurs. And he worked out with a couple of other teams. Uh, let me just pull this tweet up here. The Spurs obviously obviously were one of those teams. But anyway, JOB is back doing the circuit. He's trying to get back 
into the NBA, but it really did prompt the question for me. If Johnny O'Brien is here and it pikes the interest of Bucks fans, the, the years prick up a little bit, you get a little bit nostalgic about all those great memories of Johnny O'Brien on the Bucks. What other role players would you want to see come back to Milwaukee? Now, I tweeted this out. We got some fantastic answers. And I'm going to run through a few of these as we, as we go here. I initially had the thought of players that were still actually capable of playing. Some, some listeners, some Bucks fans went a different direction and just favorite role players from years gone by. I think that's totally valid as well. We certainly had uh, someone uh, tweets, and if I could pull it up quick enough, I'd read them out, but I just know it by memory because it did make me laugh. Someone said Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, I, I would probably take a prime Kareem on this team coming off the bench behind Brooke Lopez, Woody. I'm not 100% sure. But anyway, we got some good answers. But Justin, I texted you earlier in the night. Uh, who have you got? Who came to your mind first when you heard that question? Oh, man. I mean, there. Um, I had some that were both avenues of the I really like this guy when he was here. And then you had the, the more realistic of, well, these guys can still play. So in the I really like these guys when they were here, um, I, I understand it's kind of what we talked about with Tremont Waters and just basketball in general. I understand he is a flawed player or was a flawed player on one end of the floor. But the Fresh Prince, Luke Baumute, was mm. uh, one of those guys that I had in there. Uh, Jerry Stackhouse just because of the stories and just the presence of Jerry Stackhouse. And then after he left hearing stories from his teammates and uh, what went on in practice. And I can think back to one of the years that I was covering the team for the radio station and uh, Jerry Stackhouse initiating a fight with the Sacramento Kings and waiting to finish that fight after the game. And that was the type of guy that he was. So Jerry Stackhouse always brought, that form of entertainment. Those are two of the older guys that I thought of because more of the names that I looked at, and, and this tended to be a theme with the Bucks around that era, was they may have started off as role players, but because this was a 30 to 35 win team for most of those years, they eventually became the stars of the team and starters. So I'm not necessarily sure you could still lump them in as a role player, but um, for the recent names, and again, Flawed player. He was just a personal favorite of mine. But who didn't love Michael Beasley when he was here and a member of the team just at the start of them uh, starting to take off? So that's probably the number one personal favorite of mine. P.J. Tucker seems like the obvious choice, and I'm sure a lot of uh, listeners would point out. You and I were talking about this before. I would assume if you were looking at just purely basketball, everybody would lean towards P.J. Tucker or Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, we certainly had some P.J. Tucker. We definitely had some Malcolm Brogdon. There was a couple of other really familiar faces, but you mentioned Michael Beasley. He obviously came up a couple of times. Uh, He was a part of that incredibly old. It was like the Lakers version of Summer League, the Portland Trailblazers, that team that they rolled out there. So Bees was there. I'm pretty sure, you know, he might struggle to get back into the NBA at this point. But you always remember, and this is the case, and I don't know whether it's just me, I generally feel it's a sports fan thing that everyone has memories why they remember a player and Beasley did a lot of things that were memorable over the course of his career but one game that stands out to me and it's just because of the circumstance I was driving from I was helping uh, someone move from Milwaukee to uh, the Bay Area so that, that's a long drive we were on a long drive it was obviously uh, took a few days to get out there but I remember listening to Ted Davis we had the radio call up 
It was a game against the San Antonio Spurs. I don't know what season specifically, but I think he had like 28 points or something like yeah. that. Uh, the Bucks were able to pull off the win. So, you know, you always have these memories with random role players. That's my memory of Michael Beasley, that game, part because of the circumstance, part because he was just bloody awesome. Yeah, and that was, uh, that was the game that Giannis left early, wasn't it? Where I think that's right. He, he had that streak of, of scoring, and I think he only played like eight minutes in the game, and Beasley just took over, and the, the Bucks ended up winning the game. Or he didn't play at all. Was he like ill or something like that? There was something, something going on. It, yeah. yeah, something going on like that. But yeah, I remember that game specifically. Uh, one guy on a serious note that um, I, I, I would like to hope that the majority of Bucks fans would be happy to see come back to Milwaukee is obviously Ersan Ilyasova. And uh, we did get some news in, in the last sort of day or so, and it, it wasn't like Woj or Shams or anyone. So maybe this one flew under the radar. But uh, a guy that I've become friends with, Sergan uh, Kumas, covers, he's Turkish. He covers the, the Turkish players in the league for the most part, but the NBA specifically is based in Philadelphia. He writes uh, for Trend Baskets. Uh, that Twitter handle at Trend Basket there, but I know that he's got connections that know Ersan. He did tweet out that Ersan is not looking to play in Europe this season, but he would remain open to an NBA opportunity if the fit was right. And you know, I've said this a number of times, but he was certainly one guy that I I really felt terrible for that the Bucks won the title. He wasn't there this year. He sort of fell out of the rotation in Utah. Utah had another probably disappointing exit in the postseason, you would have to say. So, um, you know, Ersan missed out and he was really a guy that he just deserved it to come back. And it felt like almost fate that he was here in 2019 when he was back on the team. And I remember specifically how excited he was walking off the court when the Bucks moved through to the conference finals after they beat the Celtics. Uh, he was just pumped. He'd never been to the conference finals as long as his career had been. He never got beyond the second round, uh, even with his time in Philadelphia when they were a pretty good team. So, yeah, it was a shame that he wasn't there. I don't know how much he's got left in the tank. I don't really think it's that likely that he ends up on the Bucks, to be honest. But there would be some nostalgia there for sure if he was able to come back. And ultimately, I would just love to see him get a ring in Milwaukee. There's no doubt about that. It, um, I was trying to think of sports parallels, and the only thing I could really think of um, going back to my childhood was the Disney movie Cool Runnings, where uh, if you were unfamiliar with the story of the Jamaican bobsled team, <laughs> the way the story was told, you thought they were going to win the gold medal mm-hmm. in uh, the heat they're in, and then uh, you saw what happened where ultimately they don't, and they don't even medal. That's what it felt like with Ursan, with how magical that year was and the way the Bucks started out where, you know, had that been an 82-game season, they were on pace at one point to win over 70 games. And it just seemed like the planets were aligning, too, of uh, Ursan is going to be coming back and joining this team this past year. And um, I remember seeing the news that Ursan had signed with the Utah Jazz, and, and that's what it felt like where you think, wait a minute, what? No, he was – the Bucks had this opening, and he was supposed to be joining the Bucks in a couple of weeks. So uh, I still can't believe he didn't wind up with the Bucks to finish out the uh, stretch of the season. But as I mean, as we saw, you can't really complain with the option that the Bucks took instead. Well, it's strange that, and again, no disrespect to Elijah Bryant, and certainly no disrespect to Frank Madden, who loves Elijah Bryant, but. Oh, it, was, it was a shocking signing. It was kind of like a ledger, Brian, really, is it? Is that the path we're going down? Obviously, he's still with the Bucks. Might be on the roster this year. And, of course, 
an NBA champion for life. So again, no disrespect to him, but I, I did kind of assume that they would go down that path and potentially Ersan would be there. And it was just a little bit shocking that he went to Utah. And honestly, for the most part, there was a stretch for the Bucks, and it was probably, you know, sort of 2008 through to 2011-ish around there, just, you know, give or take, where Ersan was one of the more reliable players on the team. I mean, if, if they were playing in a big game, there was one... A uh, big game at the Bradley Center National TV against Kobe and the Lakers. I remember Ursan played really well. I think they lost that game. I think that might have been the one Kobe hit the game winner. But yeah, I, I just always remember watching the Bucks and thinking, well, I know what I'm going to get from Ursan tonight. He'll get me 15 and 10. What am I going to get from anyone else? Who knows? Who knows what we're going to get from these guys? So um, he's obviously had a really successful career as a pro, a long career, um, but never quite got to the NBA Finals at this stage. We'll see whether it happens for him. Uh, MEB, which by the way, uh, the Twitter handle here is at 6th and Juno. And I have a confession to make. I remember when I was back in Milwaukee and and the, my first year in Milwaukee, I lived uh, just off Juno. And for those that know Milwaukee downtown well. And I remember seeing this Twitter handle at 6th and Juno. And, and I was you know still finding my way around the, t- the city. I knew it relatively well from being there over the years, but I didn't know it all that well. And I remember thinking man, this guy's just got his address on his Twitter handle. That's, that's crazy. Sixth and Juno, but geez, he looks near me. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, no, I, I think he might have been just talking about a certain uh, establishment that uh, sits on, on Sixth and Juno. It's quite possible. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, that's my embarrassing story there. But he said Tim Thomas, he said he was just a bit before his time. He was built to play the four next to Giannis. And there's a lot of players like that uh, as those sort of, you know, are they a four? Are they a five? It doesn't really matter if you're playing next to a guy like Giannis with the big um, that can stretch the floor and, and really shoot the ball. Obviously, Tim Thomas had some some pretty good times here and then dropped off pretty quickly. But again, if you just look at the three-point shooting numbers that the teams were getting up and players were getting up, just a completely different era and certainly not suited to those guys that were a little bit before the time, but ultimately probably started the trend of more and more guys shooting the three and these bigs becoming more versatile and, and certainly coming from overseas and being able to shoot the ball uh, well. So Tim Thomas was a good one there. But what about Thon Maker, Justin? Now, I have, I have a, a question about Thon, and this is without warning. And, and obviously, I like Thon. I think he's one of the nicest players I've ever come across. Uh, just so kind, so generous with his time. He's actually recently just signed in Israel, so... Uh, he'll be playing over there this season. I, I I never really know what to think about Thon because, first of all, people look at it and they say, well, 10th overall pick, that was a bust. That was a, that was a bad move. But a couple of things. First of all, I, I don't think that he was ever really projected to be taken that high. There were some people on draft night saying that the Bucks potentially could have got him in the second round. So it's not Thon's fault, first of all. It's not Thon's fault. Like, I think the bust label is a little bit harsh because he got taken pick 10 when people thought he was going to be taken in the second round. And then the second part of that, I can't really remember a role player that was really not that consequential during the regular season. There's not too many games that stand out to me during the regular season that Thon played well, only to deliver some legitimately memorable performances in the playoffs. Can you remember a guy like that? Because this guy was a legit game changer in the playoffs. I cannot, and um, it's a good point because I remember at the time of the draft, um, on one of my shows, I was talking with Aaron Torres of Fox Sports, and he's a guy that I've had on quite a bit and, and gotten to know him through the years. And um, 
we would talk about all of the Bucks draft picks, and he was he was very high on the Dante DiVincenzo draft pick as soon as it happened, and told me you guys got a good one here, and I think he's going to be a great role player. The night that they got um, the Thon Maker draft, where he was taken tenth, I remember, and it's basically what you said, Aaron Torres telling me, "Look, I I don't think it's a bad pick per se. It just seems early, but to me, I think ultimately." you got Malcolm Brogdon way too late and you got Thon Maker way too early. That If those two guys flipped spots and Malcolm Brogdon was your first-round pick and Thon Maker was your second-round pick, the further we get removed from this draft, you would think, okay, that makes sense and that's perfect. Unfortunately, that's not how it went, so Thon Maker will carry that stench of being the 10th overall pick and, and Malcolm Brogdon gets the praise of, man, he won Rookie of the Year as a second-round draft pick, but if they would have taken them in reverse order, nobody has any complaints about Thon Maker because of those playoff moments and because he did give you those glimpses. And yes, we'll all remember Kevin Garnett saying that Thon Maker has, you know, is going to be an MVP in this league. But he would have those moments that would really entice you where you would think, all right, it's, it's not quite to the level that we would see some of these glimpses from Giannis early in his career. But there's these little moments where you see, man, if he can just put this all together, maybe there's something here. MVP sounds a little crazy. All-star sounds a little crazy. But if he can be a starter, then yeah. I mean, there's the same draft where we get Malcolm Brogdon. You would have liked more out of the 10th overall pick. But I think that does offset it a little bit is, is that, oh, by the way, you got the rookie of the year in the second round in the same draft. Well, he was the Raptors killer there for a little while. He had that monster game against the Celtics at the Bradley Center. He was about to blow the roof off. I believe it was, it might have been the same game as the Delhi Scoop. Anyway, it was in those, those two games there where the Bradley Center was just going absolutely ballistic in that first round series against the Celtics. But going back to Thon Maker at the start of his your career in the NBA, there was all this talk about how much he was eating. And I do wonder, and, and this is something that I have seriously thought about over the years, I wonder if he was eating built bars during that time, whether it would have served him better in, in gaining the weights, gaining the strength that he needed. I, I think that there's a fair chance. It certainly built uh, my skills and my ability to podcast through this season. I think you clearly the same with the Bucks broadcast, Justin. So, you know, Bilt Bar, maybe that would have been able to help Thon. Uh, freedom of choice. We're still talking about it, though, with Bilt Bar, uh, Justin. And I, I know that you enjoy the fact that with Bilt Bar, you have the freedom of choice, the nine delicious flavors. You haven't wavered on which one's your favorite? Um, not really. It's, it's still down to the same three or four flavors. And, and really, I've expanded a little bit, but the one area where I, I've yet to expand, unfortunately, is the inclusion of coconut. So it's still <laughs> anything but coconut, and I'm willing to try it. Okay, well, well, we'll keep rolling with that. I've got a cookies and cream in the cupboard. I might have this after this podcast. I'm starving right now, and doing this ad read uh, is not helping my situation. But Built Bars, uh, they're healthy for you. Uh, the, the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made, covered in chocolate. You could go on and on about all the benefits of, of Built Bar. Uh, also, the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Obviously, that's uh, been a big few months for those guys and girls winning a bunch of medals. Unfortunately, more than Australia. Everyone was sad about that, but that's the way it goes. So just go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED for 15% off at built.com and then jump across to betonline.ag. We are just days away from the start of NFL. I can't believe it. 
Packers fans are going to be up and about. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest two hundred thousand dollar NFL Survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your one hundred percent welcome bonus. Uh, with the promo code locked on there. Bet online, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. It's bet online, your online sports book expert. All right, let's keep rolling through some of these role plays. Uh, a bunch of these were mentioned on Twitter. We thank everyone again for their suggestions. This has been a really fun exercise for me seeing the notifications roll in and, and remembering all these players. But one of the guys that came up, Justin, was John Henson. And he's out of the league now. And, and who knows whether he will get back. But I saw someone tweet, and I'm scrolling through trying to find it. There was, there was a lot of people mentioning um, different players here. But the tweet came through. Hopefully, the person knows I'm talking about them. And they said uh, John Henson would be a pretty realistic option, or he seems like maybe one of the, the more realistic options here. I don't know about that. I follow John Henson on Twitter. And, and it was a Jonathan Kaminga fan account at Bandwagon Wolves uh, that said John Henson most realis- realistic potential return. I would push back on that. I think this man is perfectly fine fishing every single day, posting photos of his big catches. He's earned a shitload of money over the course of his career. I think, to me, from appearances, although we're talking about a guy that was always smiling no matter what, he seems like he's doing okay. Yeah, um, and I'm glad. I am so glad somebody mentioned uh, John Henson because uh, he was one of the names that came to mind for me for selfish reasons that I wish he was back because, um, what, it was probably three years ago. um, The last really, really normal year where it was basically – carte blanche that hey we want to interview some players and we'll put them on the pregame show and it was pretty open and you were there to see how it worked at practice too where guys would come and go to a scrum and then when they were done I would talk with Dan or somebody else from media relations and say hey can I just tape something with him for three minutes sure whatever it seemed like every other practice it was either John Henson or Eric Bledsoe that I got so like every three or four games if you listen to the radio network broadcast in the pregame show, you heard an interview that I did with one of those two players. So selfishly, I would want John Henson to come back because he was always accessible and he was always great. And especially for those two-minute interviews where it could just stray off into anything, not even game-related, John Henson was entertaining enough to carry it, especially in those three- to four-minute interviews. So if John Henson came back to the Bucks in a limited role and was just a role player that occasionally got in, but was made available for radio and those uh, mini movies and everything else that Nick Monroe and company are working on digitally Sign me up for as much of that as possible. So the mention of John Henson threw me into an exercise. So because, and the reason it did is because the, the funny thing about John Henson is the fact that he actually played in the Mike Budenholzer era and, and it just, yeah. It feels like another universe when John Henson was on this team. And if you remember back to the start of that season, Dally was also there uh, during that time as well, which uh, someone did mention Prime Dally. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what qualifies as Prime Dally. Probably, the, probably the, the Cleveland days there. 
um, when he was shooting the ball a little bit better. But John Hansen on 2.2 point attempts per game, 35.5% from three. He was knocking down those corner threes. Uh, of course, Hansen and Daly are part of that deal uh, with George Hill. George Hill uh, came across to the Bucks. That obviously uh, worked out very well, despite the fact that George Hill actually only shot 28% from three for the Bucks that season. The next year, obviously, he was the best in the league. So that played out well. But look at some of these names that played in that 2018-19 season. So along with Henson and Daly, you have got Thonmaker, who we already mentioned. Trayvon Duval played three games. Um, remember him mostly from the Wisconsin herd. Christian Wood played 13 games as well. A couple of people mentioned Christian Wood. Obviously, he ended up getting paid uh, to a level that obviously wasn't going to work out at the Bucks. Jason Smith, six games. The highlight of the Jason Smith era was his reaction to the man balancing the ladder on his chin. That was pretty good. Isaiah Cannon, who we I, I will never forget. We were at the United Center in Chicago. Uh, the Bucks had a roster spot, and uh, we asked Bud pregame whether they had any ideas of who was going to take that spot. He got this silly little smile on his face and said, no, no, we've got no idea. Uh, literally five minutes into the game, uh, Kanan uh, checks into the game and actually plays meaningful minutes. He played four games. Jalen Morris, I don't know who the hell Jalen Morris is. Uh, I'm just going to be straight up. I, I don't know who that is. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's one that's escaping me too. I remember many of the guys from that team and, and the one too that uh, you haven't even mentioned yet, yeah. which I'm sure we will get to actually two that, that loomed very large down the stretch. Uh, so let me just say Jalen Morris played four games, 7.3 minutes per game. Uh, Jalen Adams, obviously I remember he just signed with the Sydney Kings, but Jalen Morris, for some reason, that name is completely esca- escaping me. Uh, Pau Gasol, uh, you thinking about Pau Gasol that played three games with the Bucks? I remember I was in LA and we were at the Staples Center. Uh, practi- uh, well, we, we weren't practicing. The, the, team, the players were practicing, to be clear. And I remember seeing John Horst was in deep conversations on his phone a lot. And I remember saying to Eric Name, I reckon the Bucks are going to sign someone today. We're going to see something. And we left the arena, went out for lunch. The notification came through that Pau Gasol was signing with the Bucks, which was just uh, obviously a, a pretty surreal moment. And what about my man, Bonzi Colson? I always love this guy. That's one he, of them, yeah. He worked, he worked hard. He played that game against the Atlanta Hawks where he played major, major, major minutes. Bonzi Colson, I always liked that guy. He was very nice, lovely fellow. Bonzi Colson, um, I was a big fan too. And to me, granted, very, very small sample size. And I believe he's still playing overseas now. But especially that Hawks game, when you saw what he did in that game, and again, it was against, you know, not necessarily the greatest competition. But to me, it was like, okay, this is like best case scenario for. And I know, again, this is not what you wanted for the second overall pick. But as we saw the game develop the way it did and as we saw the injuries and everything take a toll on Jabari, to me there was a lot of parallels there with Bonzi Colson and the way he played to, yeah, it feels like if Jabari could only do this, this was the role that you really could have carved out for him. And ultimately we didn't see Bonzi Colson pass that season. But Bonzi Colson was one of the two names and, and the other you mentioned the Atlanta Hawks game. Who can who can mention that game without thinking of the point guard and the fifty three minute man? Tim Frazier and Alawan, yes, and uh, Tony Snell, of course. We had a couple of people mention 
uh, Tony Snell as well, who in the end was ultimately a victim of the contract that he signed and was moved on. And uh, which, which brings us to a couple of other guys that the listeners mentioned, John Lua and Larry Sanders still on the books. Uh, those two guys, I always wondered with Larry Sanders, if he, and, and there's often been fans that have said, you know, Larry Sanders should come back to the Bucks for obvious reasons. I mean, he was a fan favorite there. Um, certainly, I, I was very optimistic about what he could do with the team, but he left. But what happens if you're already on the books because your contract's been stretched, you've been bought out, you retire, and then you come back? So I always had a bit of an issue with the fact he was getting paid by the Cavs, despite the fact uh, he was still getting paid by the Bucks. But what happens if you go back to the Bucks? Can you be getting double salary from one franchise? Oh, I'm not sure about that. That'd be great. Uh, but to me, to him. <laughs> well, yeah, be fantastic. And I, and I, I will never forget to um, Larry Sanders during the bucks, when they were campaigning for him as defensive player of the year, they actually put together blocks like a child would play with that had Larry Sanders on the side of him and some of his stats and everything else and sent them to media outlets of, Hey, Larry Sanders should be the defensive player of the year because of the way he protects the rim. And here's some Larry Sanders blocks for you to have. And I believe I still have mine somewhere at the radio station. But to me, the year before, the year that you referenced was just loaded with, I'm not sure there's a lot that you would wish would come back, but that really showed you like two Americas. of Here was the Bucks pre-Bud. Here's the Bucks with Bud now that this team the year before but arrive when you look at some of the role players on this team. Joel Ballenboy, do you remember that guy oh, yeah. having a cup of tea uh, with the Bucks? You had, of course, we've mentioned Delhi. Sterling Brown was on that team as well. Brandon Jennings, that was his second tour of duty. Sean Kilpatrick, who I do remember them signing from the Nets and being very, very, um, I guess, foolishly excited and optimistic midway through the season of man this guy can give you some scoring off the bench deandre liggins was on that team shabazz muhammad xavier munford gary payton the second was on that team mirza was on the team so that was the team tyler zeller where you just think of all of the guys that were there and then in a matter of three years the way that they just completely reshaped the roster outside of the starters or most of the starters into a championship level team when, you know, just a couple of years prior, DeAndre Liggins is playing. Uh, Xavier Munford is playing and with the G League as well. Gary Payton II is starting a handful of games for this team. Jason Terry was still around. DJ Wilson, I guess, falls into this group and we haven't even mentioned him yet. I'm telling you, if you're bored at home, and you don't know what to do and you're just trying to fill in half an hour or an hour, just go on Basketball Reference and go back year by year and you'll, you'll crack up. You'll be laughing. You'll be thinking of funny games, funny memories that you have with all these role players. It's, uh, it's a fun thing about being a sports fan, the memories you create with the most random athletes who, by the way, are still professional athletes at a world-class level but uh, don't end up cutting it for one reason or another in the NBA. So uh, it is a fun exercise. This has been a fun exercise. And before we wrap it up, I must mention the Locked On Bets podcast. Uh, betting doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team-favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked On Bets Brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast. So as we wrap this up, I'll leave you with 
one other name, Justin, that came up uh, via Twitter. And I mentioned this before, I don't play too many video games anymore. Um, but certainly back in the day, I would play my fair share of 2K and nothing serious. I would just start the, the Bucks season and play through myself, never played online. But one habit that I always got into with the Bucks was if they had an off-season recruit, if they picked up a free agent, made a trade, I would always make that guy play very, very well. And so one name going back to, I guess it must have been around 2012, 2013, if I had to guess, I didn't even bother looking it up. Chris Douglas Roberts. Ah, oh, man, I had this guy, CDR, with the goggles. He was getting me 20 a night. Um, well, in, in, in the world of 2K, that was Carlos Delfino for me. And, I, oh, and yeah. I, he started, so that's kind of not really a fair comparison. But the last two I'll, I'll mention, uh, again, it just shows I would not be a great GM with the track record of guys that I really invested in. I was very high on Chris Copeland when the Bucks signed him, and I think I mentioned it on this podcast before that. Obviously did not pan out well. And the other one that this is the hill I will die on, I would take him back, and I'm willing to, to die on the hill of, you know what, if we just keep giving it another shot, eventually it's going to work out. I still believe Mirza Toledovic, <laughs> you know, in another universe, it works. And he hits shots in the postseason, and he doesn't suffer that injury against the Lakers and it proves to be a terrific midseason trade. So I'm still not willing to give up on Mirza Toledovic. Or not Mirza, sorry, Nico Miritic. Oh, come on. I was about to say I'll, t- I'll take Toledovic over Miritic, but uh, both <laughs> brought in for the same reason. But Mirza had a couple of big games, and obviously we, we hope he's doing well. He had to retire for yeah. uh, medical and- reasons, but he was fun. He was fun. There was one game against the Kings. I believe he had five threes in the first half. Uh, he did, and I don't know if I mentioned it here. The last thing I'll say, since I did uh, mention Mirza Toledovic, I've joked about it with uh, a few friends of mine at the station and, and some other people with the team, but when the Bucks uh, signed Mirza Toledovic, and that was the big offseason where you land Mirza and Delhi, he had his uh, introductory press conference at a local hotel. So the email went out to uh, media. Were you there? Were you in, in town for Not this? For from one, no. Okay. So um, he had his introductory press conference at a local hotel. <laughs> I go there and uh, it, may, it may have been Dan, but I worked with somebody in, in media relations and can we do something quick with Mirza that we may run on the radio network and we'll definitely use it on the local airwaves just as, hey, here's the newest member of the team. Sure. So I assume it'll just be as soon as it's done. Okay, now you can you can tape with him. So he finishes his press conference and, or actually it was before the press conference. Um, whoever it was that set it up with me said, yeah, sure. Let's go do it now. I'm like, Oh, okay. So they escort me <laughs> to an empty hotel room where Mirza Toledovic is in the hotel room with his agent or somebody else in a room full of, of, of some of his boys <laughs> sitting on the bed in the hotel room Media relations just leave me off like, okay, here, you got five minutes. He's going to do the press conference when you're done. And it is the most awkward interview I've ever had to do where Mirza Talanovic is sitting on a hotel bed, some other gentleman in the room who I don't know and I don't think are speaking English, and there's me just conducting an awkward interview for five minutes, looking at my watch, thinking, let me just get this over with, finish it up, and then he goes to, to address the media. 
All right, that's um, that's some pretty good content for another time. I reckon most awkward interviews because we've all had them. I had a particularly awkward one with Jason Terry when I was really just trying to to crack into the business. It was very strange. But that's that's a topic for another day. That's a bit of a tease right there. But like I mentioned at the top, Nick Monroe is going to join us tomorrow. We'll get a little behind the scenes access to the digital coverage, the content. The Bucks have been able to push out, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But we'll wrap it up. We've probably gone long today, but it's fine. That was a fun topic. We appreciate you giving us all the ideas there with those names and players uh, that you suggested. We appreciate it. So for Justin and myself, we'll catch you guys tomorrow.